0: At that time, there was a lot of people that was using what we call pencil genocide. In other words, they were changing documents in the town halls and this and that. And uh, unless you had some question about it, you didn't even know it. So, for example, uh, in my dad's family, uh, my Aunt Marion, my Aunt Josephine, and my Uncle Louis... We're down as Indian. Uncle Lawrence and my father were down as black, black, black. Welcome to Real Black is Forum podcast. This is Big VJ checking in. Today's conversation, we're going to shoot the bobo, right? We're going to talk about some history. We're going to talk about our last conversation, and then we're going to talk about some comments, right? Because comments is what on this platform. Comments is engine and the fuel. To the machine right that's what make everything go it's the comments right even with that being said we definitely appreciate you guys for hitting the like button we thank you guys for sharing we thank you guys for following the platform we appreciate it um but you know like I always say real black consciousness form podcast is not my platform because again uh there's no original thought here we don't come up with no topics no anything we just have conversations man and these conversations based on history And I'm not here to be Mr. Right. I'm not here to know it all. We're just talking, right? I'm your brother online and we just had this conversation and in the comments, that's where it all goes down. And so I definitely appreciate you guys for making the comments that you do because that what keeps the platform going. Thank you, beloved. We appreciate it, right? So we had a conversation. We talked about the Nigerian comedian Godfrey, how he said he never heard of the Atlantic slave trade until he came to the Americas uh he's from the tribe of igbo his family is again is from nigeria and they talk about a lot of things and proverbs and all of this and all of that but they just ain't never came up with no slave trade story they never heard nothing about no ship that's what it ultimately came down to right so okay cool we had a conversation and uh we got a lot of great feedback we definitely thank you guys for that and um there's a couple of comments we're going to have a conversation on today right i'm going to point something out and i'm not picking on nobody right because this is not what we do here but um we're going to use one of the comments for my brother right our brother uh, mo henderson because see it's not him as a person you know we actually pin the comment up right it's not him as a person because we don't know anybody personally on this platform we just have a conversation right we talk about History. we talk about the village we talk about politics we talk about the relationships that we witness that come through our neighborhoods right and we just you know we talk more about history because this is where we get the best feedback from and i'm willing to say you know you know real black counter this one podcast when it comes to history you know the comments is like you know our people know what they're talking about so the conversation today with brother uh henderson now again we ain't picking on nobody but I just want to show you guys uh, what we would call on this platform. It's like a stereotypical thought pattern of the American Negro. Now, I, I don't know Brother Henderson background. I'm assuming he's an American Negro, though. Right. I'm just assuming. He posted up a comment and it said that um, he said Godfrey is an American born in Nebraska. The same as President Obama. Right. The rapper Wiley and millions of first generation Americans who have immigrant parents. He or his parents would not have experienced the transatlantic slave trade the same as anyone alive today. He isn't a historian or a scientist. He's an actor and a comedian. There are first-hand accounts of Africans who were born in Africa and transported to the Americas to be slaves during the legal and illegal slave trade. Here are some names. So he gives me a list of names: Brother Say, Phyllis Wheatley, Prince Younger, Anthony Johnson, Echiano. He kind of spelled it wrong but i know what he meant uh esther bernamore johnson k they told of their own stories of being free in africa and being brought on slave ships to the americas right okay um that is a powerful post. you know brother henderson we definitely appreciate you for that but my response is this beloved and again you know i'm going into a thought pattern i'm going into a certain type of programming i'm going into a certain type of thinking that uh, many of our people, right? The American Negro, the Black American, uh, the homegrown Black American, the descendant of the plantation, the ADOS, uh, the foundation of Black american No, you know, we got a bunch of titles, right? <laughs> um, many of us have a certain kind of programming, right? So, so dig this. This is my response to the brother. I say, listen, this is a great post and response because you're the type of brother this podcast is reaching out to. I noticed your response was a list of names of africans that came to the americas on ships right everybody you talked about lives in the book so if the slave trade story is so accurate why didn't you use your family's name to prove your point the book right and i'm talking about the devil's work the devil's information that they give us said that phyllis wheatley was born in 1753 you got our records, I see. Then where's your family records from 1753 is what I'm asking. That's the real question. See, when you get that information, I want you guys to holler back. All right. That was one of the response. And it's um the comments is pinned, is posted. We speak back and forth to each other. But I just want to show you, like, this is what happens when you're having a conversation with the American Negro. And they try... I understand where they at. I understand where my people is at. We all in the same village. They were told that a slave ship brought them to the Americas. And it just kind of doesn't dawn on our people. That no matter who you ask. Your grandmama's grandmama grandmama. Your granddad granddaddy's granddaddy's granddaddy. None of our family lines have an African slave ship that's in our line. It's not there. Right? It's just not you by coincidence when you start to look around right when you start to look around and you talk to your co-workers your neighbors everybody else from the black community right that's american Negroes. that's that's a form of field research when you start you know when you leave church right and the service is about to be over stop pulling some of the members over say hey man did your grandma ever talk about your grandmama's grandma ever talk about coming off a slave ship because it got to be somebody Got to be somebody, because the you know the brother he said something that was it was very key. He said those advocates that came over on the legal slave trade, which is that's before eighteen oh eight, and then he said brothers that came over on the illegal slave trade, that's way after eighteen oh eight. Now we the average American Negro can go back to the eighteen hundreds in his genealogy, the average one. That's average. So if we don't, if we can't catch the folks that came in the quote-unquote legal slave trade We surely should have some American Negroes running around here That's able to catch the illegal slave trade, but they can't No matter what ship you bring us, we can't, none of our people know none of these ships But I'm, I'm going to show you something that the brother said though, right? He said, Phyllis Wheatley is an extraordinary person who lived an extraordinary life Unlike my family, she made a mark In the history of America My family is as anonymous As most African descendants My family bears the name of Europeans That held them as livestock None of their actual names Were preserved Now watch this now He's talking about His family's name is not preserved We can find out our ancestry Through science What you're saying about the devil Is ridiculous These people are black people sir Alright, so I don't know what he meant about that What I said about the devil is ridiculous Because, you know, I don't know where he's going with that And then he said These people are black people, sir Okay, okay Now, now watch this, beloved, watch this The brother said that Phyllis Wheatley Is an extraordinary every person So again, I'm, I'm going to show you the mentality Of this is what the American Negro does He knows good and well He or she Right, I'm talking about the American Negro Male or female They know they have no African slave ship story in their family line. So what they do is they go to books and TV series, right? Stuff that come on TV. And then they latch on to these people's stories. And they make their story as a validation for their own. If that makes sense. You see what I'm saying? So in other words, what the brother is saying, because he gave me a list of names. What the American Negro do is, since he can't find it in his line. And these names, they jump all over through centuries. You know, they could be 1,600 names, 1,700 names, 1,800 names. He could find these names of these other people, right? When he go to find it, his family names, also he can't find them. So the reasoning now is, well, these people did great things. They were extraordinary. So again, he goes to Phyllis Wheatley, right? So, all right, we're just going to have a conversation. Well, since you brought up Phyllis Wheatley, uh, let's talk about Phyllis Wheatley. Right. Because you this is this is your validation point. This is your this is one of your markers. Right. Okay. If we did just a little research on Phyllis Wheatley. Right. Um, Phyllis Wheatley was an author of a first known book of poetry by a black woman published in London in 1773. Right. That's her. So let's go to nps.gov and we're just gonna read uh maybe a paragraph, maybe two. We're gonna talk about Phyllis Wheatley, right? Because this is, you know, this is what our people do. This is what the American Negro typically does. When you point out the fact that he, again, he or she, they can't find no family off no slave ship. Again, you can ask your grandmama's grandmama, grandmama, grandmama. Uh it just ain't there, right? In 1760, Timothy Fitch, a wealthy merchant from Massachusetts, sent one of his men to Senegal to purchase 110 prime slaves, quote unquote. Seven year old Phyllis Wheatley of Gambia, an area on the western coast of Africa near Senegal, was one of the slaves traded in exchange for 2,600 gallons of rum and other goods. The ship that brought her to America was named the Phyllis and was much a smaller vessel than the large British ships known to hold hundreds of human cargo. On its voyage to the colonies in 1760, the Phyllis carried 95 slaves. However, illness, exhaustion, disease, and uh, and suicides took toll during the eight-week crossing of the Atlantic. Only 75 Africans survived to reach Boston on July 11, 1761, during the peak of slave selling season, Phyllis was purchased by a Bostonian named John Wheatley as a gift for his wife, Susanna, who was mourning the death of their seven-year-old daughter. So right off the bat, right? As if we just, we just having a conversation now. And, uh, you know, I'm just an original man from Detroit Uh, This podcast is not about me being right or wrong. Uh, I'm not a genius in every area. We just talk and we having a conversation, right? But the thing that makes me different than the average American Negro is. The way you interpret stuff and the way I interpret stuff is going to be different because see what typically happens is this. When I tell my people something. It's a pushback they try to find the error. Oh see, you said this that ain't right. Oh you said that this ain't right. Oh oh you said this see that don't make no see issue work like this. That's how they do me. And then they do other American negroes the same way. You begin to notice this other pattern that we have as American negroes. So they don't question the devil though. They question people that got the paint job that just, just like theirs. But when the devil tells them something, and the messenger already told us, he said, "Yo, they love the devil because he gives you nothing. <laughs> Dude, ain't gonna do nothing but lie to you." But we just repeat what the devil say anyway because we love him. We love him. The messenger says again, "You love the devil because he gives you nothing." Timothy Finch was sent to go get 110 slaves. He wasn't successful. You only can put 95 slaves on the ship. Now, we're not going to question that because the way they make us seem like they always had an abundance of slaves over there. He went to get 110. He just got 95. The writer prepped us by writing this article by saying, see, they took a smaller ship this time, you know, just a whole maybe around that 110. They didn't take the bigger vessels like they normally take. Right. So this is like maybe like the second time that you know they uh you know the devil told us a story about somebody coming over from africa but the ship was smaller it's always smaller it's never the 300 400 you know packed in cargo ship it's always 120 125 people and the number gets small right when they have a record of it but let's have a conversation about the record that they're giving us all right? 75 made it and um A lot of them were sick and this and that. But, you know, the devil, the owner, John Wheatley, he bought Phyllis for his wife because she was mourning a seven year old child, you know, that died, you know, in their family. Right. It goes on to say in the story that Susanna Wheatley was drawn to the poor naked child with the slender frame who had nothing covering her but a dirty carpet. The child was purchased by the Wheatleys, stripped of her African identity and renamed Phyllis. She was named after the slave ship that brought her through the middle passage. So when the owners got her, they didn't even have they didn't even give her her real name. They were taken away. They named her after the ship that brought her over here Phyllis. Phyllis, yeah, I mean, we're gonna have a conversation about if that's a female name, a male name, but let's not do that. but they named her after the slave ship. To you, beloved, that'll makes sense, right? To me. An original man with knowledge of self. That's what I call a red flag. That don't make no sense to me. She got the plantation name. That's standard. You name her after the ship. That doesn't make any sense to me. Right. But but, but let's, let's let's continue. Let's see what else that they got to say. While enslaved. Phyllis was afforded some rare opportunities. All right. So let's see what these rare opportunities is. At a time when slaves were strongly discouraged from being literate. Phyllis was allowed to learn to read and write. The Wheatley's children helped Phyllis to learn English and Latin to study the Bible. As her skills flourish, Phyllis soon began studying poets such as Alexander Pope and quickly developed into a poet herself. The Wheatley family would often flaunt Phyllis' skills in front of company in 1773 phyllis published her first book of poems poems on various subjects religious and moral becoming the first published african-american woman all right all right all right and uh, again brother mo henderson um we appreciate you for bringing us here you know we having these conversations again and uh, if i was a betting man If I was a betting man, I would say that this Phyllis Wheatley story is bullshit. I call bullshit on the whole thing. Nah. No. I'm not like you, beloved. I don't let the enemy tell me any old thing and I go with it. I question everything he says. That's balance. See, a lot of our people don't have balance. Only thing they know how to do or their program to do is question people that look like them. People that don't look like them, it will just face value. So, again, many of our people to confirm that their family came from Africa off a of slave ship because it's not there. Really, it's not there at all. It's not there what they would do to validate that though they would go look and search in other books for other families and names and personalities who they were told came from Africa off a slave ship and they hold on to their story to make their story legit that's why roots is so damaging to so many of us as american negroes because we thought that was real but it wasn't real but we watched it every year God damn! How many editions was it? The Roots. It was like one edition, two edition, and this it was a be continue, be continue. Like it was like that shit lasted forever. But they programmed us to say, okay, this is how it happened. But that's not in your family, though. So you give me a Fiddes Wheelie story, man. I'm calling bullshit. Yo, let me get this right. You don't give a young lady her name. You name her after the ship, right? so there's no real record of her you can't give me no poems in a bunch of writings because we're familiar with how devils work in the united states we're familiar with how devils work in the wilderness north america they write underneath pen names they write underneath pen names not their real names pen names so dig you can't prove that she wrote poems you can't even prove she's existed right you can't prove that you don't even have a real name then when you look deeper into the Phyllis Wheatley story, she had children. So that means she should have descendants. We should be able to go to them and learn about how great that their mom was. But we can't go to them. Somehow all Phyllis Wheatley children died. Hmm. Okay. We're starting to hear that. Maybe we can go to Phyllis Wheatley grave site. Let's go to her tomb site. Maybe take a look at the bones. Maybe can use it for genetic material. Maybe research it. Maybe we just need to go to the gravesite and just pay homage, right? Because she was one of the first or second women to do this and do that. And she's from Africa. But guess what, though? Phyllis Wheatley ain't got no gravesite. Uh-oh, you didn't know that, did you? See, you didn't. You just listened to them devils, right? They gave you some names and you made them name. You made it. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Not just the names. Anything that they tell you, you're going to make it make sense when it don't make any sense that's what our people is programmed to do and then i say you're going to do it and we turn right around and that's what we do this is a red flag bro now i don't know everything i could be wrong i could be wrong but yo i'm just like the story don't even make no come on man some benevolent devils go get a check come on man that whole story don't make no oh we taught her how to read latin and english huh (laughs) So, what story are you gonna go with? First, you get in, you give me the, like, what story Negroes gotta make up their mind? Because they, they're confused about, bro, you serious, bro? Let's stop. We are taught that Phyllis Wheatley did what? She wrote poems. How many of our people really think that you, you know, we hear the story, we get the name. How many of our people, American Negroes, really went behind what the devil told them and just started reading the poems that Phyllis Wheatley wrote? How many of you think, because we don't really do that. Now, if I would have told you something, I get on this podcast and I say something, br- I need to link, brother. I need to link. I need to see the source. I need to see the, that's how they do their brother now. I-, I got to see it, brother. You know, you know, this is pseudo. I, I, you, hey, look what you're doing. You, uh, you're cherry picking, brother. You take, that's how they do their own brother. They break down every single thing you tell them as your brother. When the devil tells them, they don't do that. They don't break up the story apart. They don't. Nothing is a red flag to them. They just like, man, this don't make no sense. Everything makes sense when the devil tell you. But the message told he they listen, you love the devil because he gives you nothing. Let's take a look at a poem that Phyllis Wheatley, the sister that came from Gambia that was seven years old and she was sold into slavery. She ended up in Boston. There's no grave site for her anywhere. She had children, but there's no descendants nowhere. All of her children passed away. Let's take a look at the poems that she wrote. Can we do that as a family? Let's do that. Let's take a look. Uh, there, there's a poem that is allegedly wrote by uh, the Native African, right? That's the, the Native African, Phyllis Wheatley and it's uh one of the poems is called on being brought from africa to america right imagine that somehow you know many of you american negroes you think you got the same story like yeah that's my story too my folks from africa you know this is my that's the home of my ancestors I said, well, which one are your ancestors he don't know <laughs> you know he don't know right um We're going to have to have a conversation about how colonies are constructed, you know, because check this out. You know, Now, this is the new thing. This is the new thing I'm noticing. I'm like, this is going to make a good conversation. too. the new thing is this when you can't find your family off of a ship, right? Because there ain't no ship. But when you can't find them off a ship, then they go to this. Well, you think white folks can find their folks off a ship? That's the that's the because, see, they got to make what this man told them make sense you think that these white you know when these Italians came over and these Irish came over and these uh, if they German came over you think that they uh, you know is written down somewhere what ship they came off of you know what my answer is to that of course it was written down bro yeah everything that let me tell you something bro those devils wrote every single name down that was in the colony because see it's a state today there's states today. They were businesses in yesteryear. Virginia is a business, beloved. Georgia is a business, beloved. There states today, they were businesses yesterday. When the devil began to take over territory in the wilderness that we call North America, these became colonies. Everybody that lived in these colonies is documented. Everybody. I ain't just talking about Color folks, I'm talking about devils too. Everybody was, everybody was documented. Yo, yo, yo! I'm gonna give you some free game. I'm gonna give you some free game. In order to sit in the highest seat of the land, right? This is uh, 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, right? To sit in that White House, you know. There's millions and millions and millions of people that move to America, travel to America. Moved in, moved out, lived and died and all kind of stuff in America, right? But there's a tracking system and it always, always was, there always will be, right? Let's go back to 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. If you can't find your history, do me the biggest favor and run for president see all these names of your family that you can't find and because you lazy you know the american negro is lazy he don't want to do no research he want to read a book and he want to be somebody else all the names of your family that you can't find that you looking for that you searching and you just it look like you drawing a blank you don't it ain't it odd to you though every time somebody go for presidency and they get like they get to the top of those two tickets their whole bloodline come out all of a sudden everything is exposed they can go all the way back they can tell you what ship you came off of they can tell you what country in europe you came off of they have the listen they got the ability to pull all the records out on you then yo there's a brother from georgia his name was herman Kane. he's an american negro right you know what when i seen herman Kane running and he was gaining some steam I used to think to myself, i say, they'll never let him get to the top of the ticket, because when you get to the top of the ticket, they got to roll your bloodline out now. They got to roll out your bloodline, and I know, you know, well, not just me. Many of us with knowledge ourselves. self, we knew, like, no, they're not going to do that because that, sh- that ship that they looking for, it ain't going to be there. <laughs> Herman Kane, peace be upon him, he was the guy, if you can't remember, running around with the 999 so so dig this beloved when you start talking about presidency they put your paint job up they don't put the american negro up they put your paint job up that's where you get barack obama from they knew his whole bloodline all of a sudden now of course it's easy to know his dad's line because you know his dad was from kenya but his mom that whole blood they go they went all the way back to europe just don't think that these just some regular white folk And they just walking around and nobody knows nothing And everybody forgot, no, no, no You don't know, they know It's always a record You're too lazy enough to go get the record Just say, hey man, I'm lazy, I don't feel like doing it I want to be African, just go with that I'm cool with that Don't play this game like everything turns invisible Like I don't know nothing I right, Start running for political office then you ain't got to look, they'll find it for you They'll show you where you came from <laughs> You ain't got to look no more They're going to find it for you But I was looking at Herman Cain, beloved peace be upon him He's no longer here, great businessman He was a, he's a conservative, right And I knew, I said man They're not going to let him get to the top of the ticket Not because he won't make a good president Because he That bloodline is going to have to fall out the, it's gonna have to. have It ain't going to fall out the sky somewhere It's gonna shock a lot of folks. Ain't gonna shock me, because I already know. No, they not. Oh, he was from here. uh, We we looked up, and the president. This is the first president who went back. They were former slaves. His family is from Gambia or Ghana or Senegal. No, that's not gonna happen. He was his family line will always be here. They not ready to let that come on and happen. They make it too much money off you, Negroes. Thinking you from Africa, man. They got a whole african-american studies program look every inner city school they got african-american history african-american history books you know it's big money until these american Negroes they from somewhere else you know they got um yo they got all these schools and books and they got uh what do they call that it's another name uh not the clothing but they merch they got all this merchandise and African mass stuff and man they making it's multi-million dollars into that So listen check it out If I start telling you you're African I make money If I start telling you you're indigenous Shit I lose money Cause now you coming to me you coming to the government With a different kind of swagger. and I'm like well wait a minute If this plan you know because now you Check this out I'm gonna just leave you with this And then we're gonna talk about Phyllis Wheatley, then We're gonna go I'm gonna leave you with this though what should do it for the average american negro when you go back in history i just want you guys to do me a big favor don't look for the slave ship because it's not gonna be there right i want you to do something else for me i want you to go and go to your family uh, prior to 1860 that's all i want you to do prior to 1860 between 1860 and 1866 there was a lot of paperwork being shuffled you know, you get the Civil War, and they supposedly freed a lot of the American Negroes with the Emancipation Proclamation. They got the Confiscation Act, and all this, and all that. All that is cool. When you go back before 1860, though, and you start finding your family, you're gonna see something very ironic. You're gonna see, damn, you're gonna start asking, like, how come my granddaddy owned 30 acres over here? Man, my grandma owned 30 acres? How? Because remember, 1860 is the mark all y'all supposed to have been enslaved before then now but when you start going back to the 1820s you say damn I, how did he own this property and that property and then I, what happened to then the, you're gonna have to well, what happens all the property then then you had to exit well, how did they get the property then you know the, the devil gonna come along and say, yeah see brother what happened man you know uh when the master died you know he left you some of the you know he left y'all the plantation He left you some land in the wheel. He left it to you. He left you your freedom papers. Now, nah, y'all Negroes been working in every warehouse in America. Y'all been driving high lows for these people or forklifts. We, they say forklifts down south. We say high hollows in Detroit. Y'all been operating pallet jacks for these folks. And y'all been keeping his inventory. And y'all been working for all the supply company and all the supermarkets. And, you know, whatever he make up, you work at. And you didn't see owners come, lose their company, die, everything. He ain't never will. None of the company to nobody that worked for him. It just ain't never happened. He ain't never dropped dead an owner and left you some of the money. But in your mind, back in the 1800s, when he was one of the most wicked devils of the planet at that point, he left you land and all of this. Even though he had children, he left land and this and all that. And that's how your people got their start. Huh? That makes sense to you, beloved? Yeah, of course it makes sense to you. He told you. You're programmed to believe everything he says. He told you that. You just never doubt Damn. This wasn't even before the Civil War. How, how people get all this property? You just never ask yourself that. Why? I don't know. Maybe you need to. But you don't even look back that far. Yo. Maybe that's a different story for a different day. One of the poems that was written. Supposedly by Phyllis Wheatley. Is uh, on being brought from Africa to America now this is a few this is a double banger here this is a real big goddamn red flag to me bro this is what you brought you came over through the middle passage and you suffered and you were skinny and you was knit deaf and this, and this and illness and all this and all that and when you wrote on you coming from africa to america this is what you wrote twist mercy brought me from my pagan land huh Taught me my benighted soul Your black That means black Your your black soul to understand That there's a God And there's a savior too Once our redemption Never sought nor knew Some view our sable race With a scornful eye Their color is a diabolical die Remember Christians Negroes black as Cain Why Cain beloved? May be refined Enjoying the angelic train this whole poem is just talking about how black skin, black life ain't worth a goddamn and being saved. And, you know, and being coming to America, the devil saved us and saved our soul. And we on the an angelic train. He refined us and cleaned us up. I was a, I was a lover, boss. I was a, a boss and took care of us. Put it out and said the sister wrote this. Who believed it? Nobody's going to believe this shit but the American Negro, man. Nobody's going to believe none of this shit But the American Negro We got to wake up beloved We got to wake up Man I can just scroll down here And Go over some more poems That she wrote man Oh, The land of errors and Egyptian gloom Wow this is some dark shit. <laughs> uh, people got to wake up. Peace and black power to your family. Thank you guys for hanging out, man. Thank you guys for listening, man. Real Black for Forum Podcast, man. Big VJ, man. i get it with you guys later, man. Stop trying to make these devil stories make sense, man. Stop it, beloved. It's not working. All right? Peace.